Today I'm going to start a four-part series. Um, so four Sundays in a row, I'm going to go part one, part two, part three and part four over the next four Sundays. And it's important in our theme of pursuit that we understand the power of encounters with God. So I've called this series um, Close Encounters of the God Kind. Close Encounters of the God Kind. Uh, as the title suggests, we're going to talk and look about God encounters. Uh, divine encounters are powerful and are always full of purpose. Divine encounters are powerful and they're always full of purpose. Firstly, they get our attention when they happen because they're out of the ordinary. They catch us off guard. There's something more about it than just natural. Something's happening that we're not totally understanding. It's a spiritual encounter. Um, they, they fast track change. In other words, you can hear a lot of messages and preaching and things like that, and it's all good. And then one day on a Sunday, you're worshipping God and something hits you in the heart. Divine encounters fast track change in our soul. It becomes a revelation or a reality to us. And thirdly, they make us very aware of His presence and His power. They make us aware that there is a supernatural or a spiritual dominion or domain that we can tap into. And the Bible's full of these occurrences. A confused shepherd called Moses meets with God through a burning bush. Abraham is about to sacrifice his son on a mountaintop and God shows up and saves him. Jacob meets with God in a dream at Bethel and his life has changed. He now walks with a different walk. Mary meets with an angel and, and is overshadowed by the Holy Spirit and gives birth to the Saviour of the world. Now that's an encounter. There are all sorts of encounters that take, even Paul on his way to uh, imprison believers has an encounter with Jesus on, along the way and it changes his world forever. As a matter of fact, out of that encounter, Paul becomes the apostle that writes most of the New Testament as we read it today. The disciples met with the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost and everything changed in their lives. There are testimonies of believers throughout the ages that have God encounters that change their direction and change their destiny. I have, I have, I have no doubt today how many people in this room would attest to God moments that change their life that healed them, that set them free, that moved them, that changed the course of their future. You might have not had a, an encounter through a burning bush or the presence of an angel. And I've been a believer for 40 something years now and I've never had a picture of Jesus at my bedside. I, I've never had an angel visit me and somebody did stopped me during the service and said, Pastor Mark, that's not exactly true. He said, your angel's sitting on the front row. <laughs> so I have seen an angel. Well played. She wasn't listening, she's on her phone. She didn't even hear it. Yeah, 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 yeah. She did listen the first service. <laughs> so, and I wish, I, I mean, I would love to have had a visitation of Jesus. I wish that would have happened to me. But, and I've listened to people's testimonies of their visitations with Jesus, with angels, and it's um, quite amazing. 
But I find that for most of us, it's just a moment. It's just a season, it's just a dream. It's a sense of, it's a word that speaks to our heart that comes during worship or in prayer time or just out of the blue. It just happens and something supernatural is there and something aligns itself. And you know it's not natural, you can't put your finger on it, but it's, it's sort of a God encounter. So over the next few weeks, I'm gonna look at a guy called Ezekiel and how his God encounter changed his whole destiny. You know encounters are important because it's there we're very aware of His presence and His power. The great news is we all have access to the throne of God. That's great news. You don't have to be perfect to go to the throne of God. As a matter of fact, it says, come boldly. No restrictions apply. Come on in, move into my presence. It's moving from the natural to the spiritual. And the good news is you don't have to be perfect to go there. As a matter of fact, the biblical word perfect doesn't, it's not, it probably doesn't really relate properly in the sense that it's given because the word perfect in the Bible actually is not about being perfect, it's about finishing. It's about running your race. It's about you're on your way. So when you're perfect, it means you're on the journey to where God is. So you don't have to worry, well, I'm not perfect. No, no, God doesn't say when you're perfect, come into my presence. He says, come in boldly right now with all your imperfections, with all your pain, all your dysfunction, come on in. Why? Because the truth is, if we're gonna resolve some of our issues, it's not because we're gonna try harder, it's because we're gonna draw closer. Yeah. Our Christianity is strengthened not by trying harder, but drawing closer. Come boldly into my throne room, the Bible says. Come boldly in, find me. Because it's in that place we receive. When we, when we encounter God, then we receive something. And that receiving is not just for ourselves. It's now for us to take from the, natu- from the supernatural back to the natural. God's plan and purpose is, is to bring heaven to earth. It's important. So when we're there to receive from Him, He wants us to take it back. Believers are called. Why, why we're still alive as people in the church is so we can usher in, bring down, be a conduit for God's kingdom. That's why we're here. Our cause is not to die for our faith. Our cause is to live for our faith so we can bring in the presence of God. We can usher in the kingdom of God. And you know what a kingdom is? When, we, when Jesus says, and He says this, He says, Thy will be done, Thy kingdom come on earth earth as it is in heaven. He says, pray like that. And not only pray like that, but live like that. A kingdom is two parts. The kingdom or a kingdom is the power of the king and the community of the king. It's the power of the king and the love of the king. So when when Jesus said, pray like that, He was saying, hey, my kingdom, I want you to pray that the power of God and the love of God permeates the earth. That's what we're here to do. We're here to bring heaven to earth. And the truth is, The more of heaven we bring to earth, the more of earth we're gonna see go to heaven. That's how it works. So this plan of an encounter with God, even though it's for us, it's bigger and greater than just that. See, as believers, even though we are in the world, we're not of the world. We've moved on. We've moved through some things. We're now in a different dimension. We're in it. But you look around the world that we live in and so much of what I see is so unproductive or so anti the ways of God. So I don't wanna, be, I don't wanna live like that. I've, I've been like that. I know the results of that. I watch the world. I, I look at the dysfunctional world that we live in. You see, COVID might be waning a little bit, but I can't tell you what the next 10 years are gonna bring. I, I look at Russia and the Ukraine. 
I look at the things in, in Africa that are going wrong. I wonder about North Korea. I, 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 I wonder what's gonna take place. And my, 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 my world is not fear, it's that I must trust in my God. I've got to have a foundation that's strong in Him. I've got to draw close and stand with Him because I know out there people are fearful. They don't know what's happened. They put their trust in a whole bunch of things and it hasn't worked out. But there's one thing that does not change. He is the same today, yesterday and forevermore. And His Name is Jesus. And I've got to put my trust there. That's it. If the Bible is not true, what are your other options? What is there left? What would you believe in? Who would you follow? I've I've scouted the world for the options without Jesus and I'll tell you, none of them stack up. I don't see historically, right throughout history, civilization being any better than under Christian Judeo values. That's where we have civilization. We unwind Christian Judeo values and all the things of civilization unwinds itself. We've got to stay strong on our content of who we are. We've got to put our stake in the ground. And though no one else follows, you've got to say, well, I'm going forward with Him. That's got to be our line in the sand. That's got to be our position in the Spirit. We've got to make sure that Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done. We're in the world, but not of the world. We're here to help change the world. And this is what God shows Ezekiel. And it's still revealing this to His believers today. Even through our imperfection, if you desire, listen to this, even through your imperfection, if you desire it, God will move in you and through you. Through even your imperfection. I don't think we ever get perfect. We can be perfect in the sense that we're following God, but we're not perfect. The only one who's ever been perfect is Jesus. And that's why we need a Saviour because we need Him to bring us into our salvation because we can't do it of our own strength because no one is perfect. But God will move through if you want Him. You know, I look at my imperfections as a leader through the years and I remember when Lee and I started our first church in Noosa, um, we were going strong, was growing quickly, uh, a very small building and, and I was only a young uh, Christian. I was only, man, I'd only been saved three years before I started the church. I didn't know a real lot about the Bible. I was just called. And, and I, I had people that had been saved 30 years, 50 years. I'm preaching to them. People are getting saved. They, they love in the church, but often they'd say, Pastor Mark, that was a great message today. But there's actually two Marys in the Bible. One's the mother of Jesus. One's a prostitute. They're not the same person. <laughs> Thanks. I'll, I'll take that to heart. That's good. Good to know that. And then this other time, Somebody come up to me and they said, Pastor Mark, we need some preaching on, teaching on fasting. And I'm going, all right then, I'll put a fasting message together. My dilemma was I'd never fasted. So I get up there on a Sunday morning with this message on fasting, start to outline all the power about it, why it's good, what it does, what God says about it, the whole thing. But I'm feeling like the most guilt-ridden person in the world. What a hypocrite. How can I be teaching on fasting when I've never done it? I am, this is the worst message I have ever preached in my life. I was so undone during the meeting, I decided to call it quits halfway through. And I just made a quick older call. And at that time, maybe one or two people might make decisions for Christ on a Sunday. And I'm going, 
well, that's all I've got for today. Does anybody wanna get saved? And eight hands shot up. Eight, not two, eight. I looked across the room, it was the biggest amount of people we'd ever have on my message on fasting. I wanna tell you, God will use you through your imperfections if you desire it. If you trust Him and lean into Him and draw close to Him, even through the things that don't go your way or the things that shouldn't go the way they're planned, God wants to use you in a very powerful way. Draw close, enter in boldly to His throne room. Don't, don't walk away. When things go wrong in your life, don't walk away. Don't back off from God, walk into God. He's not offended by your dysfunction or your sin. He wants you to come forward, not go backwards. Anyway, that, um, that took place and we met the people that made that decision for Jesus that day. And I remember meeting one guy, I'd never seen him before. And said, great decision, so glad to have you as a part of the church. The next day, Lee and I were driving back from Nambour to Noosa. There was an ambulance on the side of the road and there was a person on a stretcher with a blanket over him. He'd been hit by a car. And again, I didn't know who that was and we didn't have cell phones back in those days. So we drove back to the church and I got a call back then saying, one of the guys that made a decision for Jesus last night was killed in a car accident on the side of the road. I wanna tell you, God will use you in your imperfection. God is wanting to move in you and through you, no matter what you think about yourself at the time. So if we draw close, if you intend to draw close, then God can use us. God needs us to step into His presence and take His love and His power and release it to the world around us. This is God's plan and our purpose. This is God's plan and our purpose. Let's start uh, where God declares Ezekiel's purpose to him. So let's look at Ezekiel over the next few weeks about how he moves from where he is to what God has all through God encounters. Ezekiel chapter two, verse three says this. And he said to me, son of man, I am sending you. I want you to see that. Son of man, I am sending you. Oh, that, that proclamation back there from God to Ezekiel has not changed one little bit in the thousands of years that have gone before us. Jesus' last words. Now, Jesus could have picked anything to talk about as His last statement in the Gospels before He goes to heaven. He could have spoken about prayer. He could have spoken about care. He could have spoken about feeding the poor. But His last words to us as a believer was, go into all the world and preach the Gospel. Or... I am sending you, I am sending you. The good news about being a believer is as soon as you become a believer, you are automatically sent, you're sent. Now, whether you do anything about that's up to you, but you are sent by God. Go into all world and preach the Gospel. I am sending you. As soon as we receive Him, we are sent. We're not perfect, we don't know it all, we don't know how many Marys are in the New Testament, we just go and do what God says. And if you're gonna be sent, there are three things that need to happen, three things. Number one is we need an encounter with God or God moments in our life. Some kind of revelation, some sense of His power and His presence and His purpose. A knowing, a vision, a dream, something has to happen that's beyond our natural means. It's great to have 
theology, we need to know what the Bible says. As a matter of fact, it's so important you know what the Bible says. The reasons that Christians are confused today about what's going on in the world is because they do not know what the Bible says about things. And therefore they make up their own agenda. They make up their own opinion of God. I, I, I don't wanna live out of my opinion of God. I wanna live out of what the Bible says about God. That's where the power is, not my opinion, not your thought pattern, not what else somebody said. We've gotta know what God says on issues and you're clear. You become unconfused if you know what God says about things. We don't need theology. We need, no, we need, that's power right there. But beyond that, we need to have this sense of the supernatural part of God as well, which brings that theology to life in our lives. It's an encounter. It's something that moves us from information to revelation. When information gets here, it's great, but, but what has got to happen, it's got to get to here. And it doesn't look that far, does it? You would think that'd be a simple process. It took the Israelites 40 years to get it from here to here. I'm glad you're Aren't you glad we're not that stupid? We need an encounter with God, a revelation, a moment, something. Then we need to understand our purpose and our mission, that we are sent. There's no, no ifs or buts about that. We have a purpose, it's not your job, it's not what you do, it's not how much money you make, it's your purpose of bringing heaven to earth. Doesn't matter what your title is or where you end up, it's always that context. If I can meet with God and take some of heaven with me and bring it back and just give it to the world around me, that becomes my purpose. Then God can work the rest out around that. And the third thing you need is to be totally convinced that you're not alone and that all of heaven is backing you. That you're not alone, all of heaven is backing you. In the first book of Ezekiel, chapter one, it's all about his God encounter. We're gonna look at a part of that. The second chapter in Ezekiel is all about his purpose and his preparation. The third chapter in Ezekiel is all about his heavenly support and what God brings to the table to help us through. I wanna tell you today, it doesn't matter what challenge you're going through right now, you have heaven backing you. You're not alone in this. There, is a, there are significant spiritual forces at play here for evil, but there are more for good. And if you understand that, you can look at your obstacle and know I'm not alone in this. There is much more faith when you know you're not alone. You watch, you, you be in a house full of people at night in a storm and you don't hear any noises because you're feeling we're not alone. You're in that same house by yourself in a storm. What the hell? What's that? What's that? What was that? You have so much more strength when you know somebody's with you. To face life, you've got to realise you're not in this deal alone, you have heaven backing you. So when you take on your giant, your issue, your problem, your situation, you must have a conviction that God is with you. So let's have a look at Ezekiel's God encounter today. Chapter one, verses one through four. It's not the whole uh, vision or encounter, it's the beginning of it. Now it came to pass in the 30th year of the fourth month, on the fifth day of the month, that so I was among the captives of the river Chibar, that the heavens were open and I saw visions of God. On the fifth day of the month, which was the fifth year of King Jehoshaphat's captivity, the word of the Lord came expressly to Ezekiel, the priest, the son of Bazi, in the land of the Chaldeans by the river Chahib. And the hand of the Lord was upon him there. Then I looked, this is Ezekiel, and behold, a whirlwind was coming out of the north 
a great cloud with a raging fire engulfing itself. And the brightness was all around it and radiating out of its midst like the colour of amber out of the midst of the fire. So Ezekiel has an encounter here with God. He gives him, shows him a vision. And I think there's some major factors in this vision that are important to us today. You see, it wasn't a vision of heaven. I want you to see that. It wasn't a vision of heaven. He speaks about a whirlwind coming out of the north. And every time the north is mentioned in the Old Testament in spiritual context, it's talking about the dwelling place of God. You know, Santa Claus lives at the North Pole. Well, God dwells in the north. So if there's a wind from the north, that means something's coming from the dwelling place of God. It's coming from heaven. The whirlwind was coming from the north, God's dwelling place. So it was coming, what He saw was coming from heaven to earth. So it wasn't a vision of heaven. It was a vision of something coming from heaven to earth. So what did He see coming? What, what was the picture about? A whirlwind, a great cloud, a raging fire, Nothing passive about this vision. It, it wasn't angels sitting on clouds playing harps. It wasn't a picture of peace on earth. It was, a, it was a picture of the power and the presence of God coming to earth. All that He saw represents the power and the presence of heaven. Throughout Scripture, these symbols that He saw represents God's presence and God's power. The Israelites, back in the day when they were in the desert for 40 years, man, they were over overshadowed by a cloud during the day of God's presence. At night, they were led by a pillar of fire. So, so the Israelites followed the presence of God. The day of Pentecost happened that we know about, and there's a sound of rushing wind, like a storm. There was uh, tongues of fire on the disciples' heads, the power of God. They didn't follow the presence of God. They were now filled with the presence of God. But what Ezekiel saw was the presence of God coming to earth. Ezekiel sees this power coming. The great cloud was God's presence. The windstorm was the symbol of the power of God. And the fire was the purging and the cleaning things of spirit. In this encounter, Ezekiel sees three significant things. And I want you to take this away today. And again, I, I want you to hear this because as we move into 2022, and I, I, like I said, I don't know what the world's gonna look like in 23, 24. I, I don't know what the world's gonna look like this week. I don't know what we're but I know this, the more encounters I have with God, the more I can receive from Him and bring it back and release it to those around me. If you don't have it, you can't give it. So you've got to get it. And the way you get it is not trying harder, it's drawing closer. You can only give what you have. You might have a great dream to be a great giver, but if you've got no money, you can't give a dime. You've got to get to, get, you've got to, get to have. And it's the same with kingdom purposes. You've got to receive it, then you can give it away. You can only give what you have. If you've got anger, you can only give anger. You've got disappointment, you can only give disappointment. You've got love, then you can give love. If you've got power, then you can give power. What you have is what you give. And the way we get is to draw close to God. Three significant things. God's plan, and it's never changed, is His kingdom to come from heaven to earth. That God's people, number two, are called and He will prepare them for the mission. And number three is that we are not alone, that all of heaven backs us. Nothing about this has changed. This is as relative to us today as it was to Ezekiel in his day. 
So every so often, listen to me, so every so often, we need a close encounter of the God kind. They don't happen all the time. And I'm wary of people saying that God speaks to them all day and all night. What did you do? What are you going to do today? Well, God said I should do this. I'm not sure about that, that God speaks that clearly to everybody if they are very special people. Or what tells them what to eat. Yeah, I'm going to eat bananas because God said. That worries me because I don't believe that's the way that we meet with God. We're to pray without ceasing, but I'm not sure we always meet with God supernaturally all the time. And one of the things that really upsets me is when, because I'm a pastor, is that when people come to me and say, Pastor Mark, God told me to do this. What do you think? And my opinion counts for what? (laughs) If God said, why are you asking me? So be careful with the God saids. Be careful with those. Use them if they're real, but don't just throw them around. Often the words are better like, you know, I feel I'm being led this way, or I think God's saying this. So I'm not saying that we're strange if we don't have talks with God every day, but every now and then you need a God encounter. You need to walk in. See, worship is not something you do, it's a place you go. It's the altar of today. It's where you can come to church on a Sunday and sing a few songs, or you can decide to step into the presence of God. Come boldly into His throne. Stand in front of Him and say, here I am, here I am. And every now and then, if you desire it, you're gonna find a supernatural encounter with God turn up. You might just start to weep for a moment. Something might just move in your heart. Something, you might feel the presence of an angel wing. You might, then, and it's just, it doesn't have to be any of those. It can be, there's just something that happens and you know, God, you're here. We need God encounters every now and then. for God to show us His plans, to remind us of His plans. His plan is to bring heaven to earth and we are sent. He will prepare us. And that we are not, <laughs> we are not alone. We have received the power of the Holy Spirit. We are not alone. Heaven backs us. And I want you to know that as we move into this year, it's pursuit the theme. But I wanna tell you the proof of passion is not emotion. The proof of passion is pursuit. If you're really passionate about something, it's not that you get excited, though that's nice, it's that you pursue it. And I pray this year in 2022, we be the church that is passionate about God, not because we yell louder, but we pursue His power and His presence. You see, God hides His promises. He hides them, not that they won't be found, but they must be looked for. You don't stumble over the the promises and the power of God. You've got to look for it. It says, those who seek me diligently will find me. Those who thirst, thirst, not not thirst will be filled. Those who knock and keep knocking, then the door will be open to you. If you desire the presence of God, you will find the presence of God. And in that place, something will move in your heart and be a God encounter. You'll take what you have and you'll come back and you start to realise they need it, they need it, they need it. We are, He is the answer for humanity. Would you close your eyes, bow your heads today? 
Father, I thank You right now for every person in the room. I pray in this year of pursuit that God, we would pursue. We'd knock and keep knocking. We would seek diligently with thirst for Your presence and Your power because we know You will fill us. God, we'll find You. The door will open for us. God, let His kingdom come. Let Your kingdom come, Your power and Your love. And right now as I close this meeting, the love of God is here. We, we, it's come from heaven to earth. He came in the form of Jesus. It's, it's that love that's so powerful that His Son died for us. And you and I can make a decision to, to formulate a relationship with God by believing upon Him today. See, I, I, I don't know what problems you're facing or what challenges are in your future, but I do know this. The answer you're gonna need will start and finish in the Name of Jesus. The good news is that it doesn't matter what you've done, who you've been, where you've been, God's not angry at you. He's not mad at you. He's waiting for you. He wants you to be the best person you can possibly be. He wants to help you do well now and forever. The Bible says, believe upon Jesus and you shall be saved. Believe upon Jesus. Today, if that's you in your heart, so you know, online, right where you are, in this room, right where you are, believe. I believe. I wanna believe upon Jesus today. I'd love to pray with you, right where you're seated. I'm not gonna embarrass you. Eyes are closed, heads are bowed, but I'd love to pray with you. So if that's you, say, you know, I'm gonna believe today. I wanna believe today. I wanna come into Jesus today. Would you, would you lift your hand and give me a wave and say, you know what, include me in this moment. Thank you down the middle there. That's a great decision. Others today, if that's you, slip at the side. That's a great decision over there as well. Others today, I'm about to pray. This is for you that say, you know what? I wanna come back, I wanna recommit. I wanna know Jesus for the very first time. I wanna believe upon Him. So look, one more time, from the front to the back. Slip your hand up, give me a wave right now. We're about to pray. Is there anybody else? I don't wanna miss anybody. It's such an important moment in so many people's lives. Quickly, so look one more time. Lord, as I looked, I saw hands, but it's not what you saw. You saw hearts, not hands that went up, but hearts that opened up. And right now, as they've opened their hearts up, you've made promises to them that you'd forgive them of every sin, every failure, every mistake, and remember them never again. You would love them so closely and tightly that they'd become sons, daughters of the Most High God. And I know that heaven, man, it, it rejoices when even one comes home so I know heaven rejoices for these people and so do we here at City Point Church. In Jesus' mighty Name and all the great said, Amen. Let's give it up for those people today. Great decisions. Welcome to the Kingdom of God.